Thank you for joining us. This is Happiness, the Skeptic's Guide with Chartered Psychologist and also Dr. Gary Wood and professional skeptic and self-help abuser Paul Flower. In this episode, we consider the impact on happiness of how we tell our life stories, the words we use, what we include and what we leave out, and what story we'd need to tell to make our happiness insights stick. And more than any other, this episode illustrates our mantra. This podcast aims to bring you happiness, whatever your objections. So in a previous episode, uh, oh, it was the review, you said that, oh, no, it wasn't. Everybody wants to be <laughs> the hero in their own life story. And so it got me to thinking about the old hero's journey thing, you know, as a blueprint for storytelling and filmmaking. So Parseval and the quest for the Holy Grail, the Matrix, Star Wars, the Lion King, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Indiana Flower and the Happiness Podcast. Indiana. So, there you go. Indiana Flower. So in this one... It wasn't a very popular name where I grew up. <laughs> so in this one... we Whereas want to Paul, talk... everybody's name was Paul. Sorry, I'm interrupting there. But there are no Garys after 1996. It's, Which is uh, a good thing. It is It is a very good thing, actually. Is it Gary Gilmore's fault? Probably. Well, no, I don't know who it would have been. Anyway, let me... Let, shall I start again? Yes. So you asked about, in the review how to make it stick and how to connect it. So the answer in that very sprawling, interrupted a lot introduction <laughs> is the idea that we start to tell a better story. So we don't have to be the hero. We just have to be the protagonist. So the protagonist is the the f- person who plays the first part in the play. It's the leading role. So rather than being somebody who's totally passive in our own stories and let other people set our goals and tell us what to do, we try and find a, how can we take the active role in storytelling. Okay. So this, this story is about us and our journey to our quest for happiness, our epic quest for happiness and the hurdles that we have to overcome to find it. But it's more about the story that you tell yourself, the narrative that you have in your own head. And is that whether you've got an inner monologue or not? Because I, I found recently that some people apparently don't even have an inner monologue. I was shocked to find that out too. Uh, essentially, we all tell the story of our lives. And it's, you know, in filmmaking, it's, it's, it's said it's better to show than tell. And that has implications in coaching because action should be measurable. There's a writer and a coach called Lisa Cron who argues that storytelling is more important than opposable thumbs. Uh, and I think it was quite a bold statement. But if you think about the first stories that were told, things like cosmologies, that how the universe came about, the creation myths, the things to make sense of the universe. So for happiness, then, if we're going to make it hang together and make it stick, it's to work out how to tell a better story with happiness being the end point or the, the aim or the goal and each of us being our own protagonist. Sounds very grand. Yeah, it really, it really does. I'd, I'd gone quiet because I'd muted my microphone because uh, you were bleeding through my headphones, which uh, yeah. is a common problem. Um, anyway, we must uh, go on. These are one of the many problems that we had. I had somebody fiddling with my radiators earlier on, thought I was going to gurgle my way through this particular episode, but uh, oh, that's here important. we are. Blame the so, radiator. Blame the radiators. Blame the chair. Yes. <laughs> Blame the headphones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, I'm talking about the gurgling. Right then. So when we're talking about storytelling, we're talking about sense-making and we're talking about a framework. So uh, we think about when we dream, it's in a narrative form. When we daydream, 
when we remember things, when we worry, it's in a narrative form. When we plan something, when we gossip, when people says, how are you? It's a story because you can give them the full version of the story, the edited highlights, or you can you can just make stuff up or you can say I'm fine. But that is a story and it's an editing process. So the idea is the choices we make to tell our life stories also define whether things will stick in terms of uh, setting goals. So your story is more than just the facts. Okay. It's not a reflection of your personality. It's actually part of the personality. But do, does it really matter? And, and you know, and, um, I'm being obtuse to a certain degree here, but I'm just wondering how much no. this... No. No, I know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, deliberately obtuse. Uh, it should be on my gravestone, probably. I'm just, I'm just wondering how much what you tell yourself about your past I, I can see that it impacts upon what you do day to day and your and your future to an extent and you know you tell her perhaps you have an idea of the kind of person that you are but you know most of us are open to change and and we're here because we want to change I guess yes I, I was looking earlier at your Twitter biography uh, which is very brief but it's there's a story there because it says recovering misanthrope now within that that's a story and there's a lot of information there so what is a misanthrope miserable um, person who dislikes other people yeah yeah and recovering um yeah trying to trying to learn to love people yeah that's even though there's just recovering misanthrope is a story but if you take the word misanthrope that shapes the way we see the world like if we call ourselves an optimist or call ourselves a pessimist that shapes how we see things Mm -hmm. I mean, I love a good moan as, as much as the next person. You do? I do. Oh, oh I was going to say no. <laughs> I, I was going to make some very inappropriate comment, which, again, is is part of my story to make, you know, the way we use humour is my character and my protagonist would have a hopefully a dry sense of humour and a sense of fun, but also would be a character that looks into things more deeply. So a movie based on your life, who is playing you? Who is playing me? Hmm. Uh, oh, it's got to be somebody very, very devastatingly handsome, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, probably Angelina <laughs> Jolie. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't know. He's, I think I'd like to have seen myself in terms of a character sense a while ago as somebody like Johnny Depp, because mm -hmm. Johnny Depp originally made some really interesting film choices that, that looked at the world in a slightly different way. And he didn't always go for the obvious choice and he didn't always go for the easy choice. And I think perhaps Johnny Depp now, perhaps not so much. Uh, I don't think I want those gold teeth things and tattoos. And, and to be a pirate. And to, yeah. Ooh -ah, ooh -ah. Moving on. Moving on. Right. So tell me about the recovery bit, recovering misanthrope. Okay, so I guess in writing that Twitter bio, I was being slightly glib, which is, you know, part of my story, of course. Yep. And I think when you're on Twitter or other social media <laughs> platforms, you're primarily interacting with some of the best and worst of society. Yeah. So noting myself as a recovering misanthrope was um, just part of that, that journey, I think, to say, look, I'm here. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to, you know, everything that every bad and good thing that Twitter has to throw at me, I'm going to, you know, try and handle it. I don't dislike people, but I do dislike ignorance. Okay. 
and I really dislike ignorant people who won't choose to kind of to learn. And I think that's that's one of the reasons we're here, isn't it? You know, why why is it that people deny things that are so patently true? Yeah. So you see, I mean, in that two words, that two words is doesn't look like a story, but we've unpacked it, and it is. And within it, there are a series of assumptions. So, what kind of things have you done to recover from the? Is there such a word as misanthropy? I don't know. Misanthropy, yeah. I think yeah. it probably is. Yeah. What have I done to, to to recover from it? I've tried to be a little bit more social. I think there's a there's a whole section I was reading in uh, your wonderful book, The Psychology of Wellbeing, earlier on about, you know, how we all are social animals and the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell to other people are because we're meant to be social. Now, I, you know, I'm perilously bad at talking about myself, you know, which is an odd thing for a podcast uh, host to, to be saying. But, you know, I would rather talk about anything else in the world than myself. And um, mm. that kind of spills over into being a little bit shy, a little bit antisocial. Um, and although you wouldn't necessarily guess it, that, you know, that kind of has an impact on, on your happiness, I guess. Mm. So if you were to add a line in to say a recovering misanthrope with an eye on happiness, what would you see, even if it's if it's not you, if it could be somebody else, what would that person need to do? That person would need to get outside themselves a little more and to um, interact with the world a bit better, I think. Okay. So what you've talked about is action. So uh, crucially, the way we tell a story about ourselves defines how we're going to act with the world. Or is it, are we going to allow the world to act upon us? So in terms of happiness, I mean, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive to sit there. I'm going to plan out my happiness goals, which will be the subject of the part two in this getting things to stick. So the idea. Sorry, the post Christmas uh, part two, I should add, because I didn't record it the first time. <laughs> what did you record it? Because I've been muting the microphone because of the background noise oh right okay background sorry ba- don't call me background noise you don't know me yeah. well enough <laughs> right as you've mentioned the book the psychology of well-being there's a bit in it about schema plural schemata although people do call it schemas and it sort of sounds like stigmata which is yeah um, well it's, yeah it's it's not if this stigmas. was an easter special we'd be on top of it we would indeed i'm trying to think of other martyrs no i can't think of any more but i, I yeah no. right then the idea is that we can't process everything so part of this problem is when we're trying to think about how to make happiness stick is we're having to pay deliberate attention to it at first so you remember the mindfulness you know paying deliberate attention on purpose but our brains work to these kind of scripts and they're shortcuts. So uh, we've got a script for going to the res- a restaurant and it, it varies slightly if it's one of those ones with restaurants where you point at the picture or one of those ones where you try to decipher the menu in French. There's a slightly different script, but broadly there's a script and then there are, there are various options. Uh, we've got a script, interestingly, for telling bedtime stories. We don't remember the story verbatim. We remember the structure and then we add the details. That's why they all vary slightly, but they've all got the same once upon a time. And they've, well, the, the newer versions have got the happily ever after. I mean, the older versions had, you know, eaten by wolves or thrown in a river. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so, poor kids. Now off to sleep now, kids. So yeah, some people a- would probably say that we were better off with the unhappy endings and we were less woke as a result. 
but those people oh, are wrong. Well, yeah. I, that's, I, a, that's another episode, so let's not go there. Well, there is indeed. But when it comes to the point where critics tell us that not wanting tons of sewage dumped into the rivers is being woke... I suspect a lot of people woke up that day to yeah, think he suddenly became yeah. woke. Do I really want E. coli? Do I really want what's that other disease you can get? Um, uh, Viles disease, isn't it? That you get from like swimming typhus, in typhus, typhus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you think, yeah, yes, yes. I'm not woke, but I've got typhus. Oh, yeah. Swings around about. Swings around about. <laughs> so survival of the fittest. So, so your scheme arter is, you know, the story. Um, it's the, like the a sto- script. Yeah, the stories that, that we kind of choose to live by. And I get, again, it comes back to this is your narrative, isn't it? This is your yeah. own narrative. But it's the, the idea when we first start to do stuff, uh, when we first make a cup of tea, it's not automatic. Now we can probably make a cup of tea and whistle and look out the window and, you know, do, do other things. We can multitask. But at first, we have to pay attention. So the initial stage in making happiness stick is paying attention to what you need to put into the, the recipe for whatever, or the script. So psychology pretty much depends on who we are, where we are, and the uses we put psychology to. And when we're thinking about happiness, it's how we define happiness depends on who we are, where we are, and what we do. Uh, It sounds like a big review episode, really. So in the past, we've looked at what is happiness, good life versus meaningful life, values, getting over stress, mindfulness, doing more reading or doing more talking. So that's a summary. So if you were to start now writing a script that would look like somebody trying to be happier, what might it look like? Oh, man alive. Um, it's a good one, any? Yeah, thanks for that one. Dropping that one like a bomb. Well, um, lulling you into a false sense of security. No, I'm so we just start with something like, you know, values is probably the easiest bit to start because I, I don't know if it I don't know if it is, you know, and this is this is the problem okay. that I'm that I'm having with, you know, the previous uh, conversations that we had about, you know, trying to make stuff stick, being true to your values. I think, you know, because your values are innate, you try to be true to them anyway and you do, you do things I don't do I do you not? I, I, I don't know. Surely you do, you know, because it's there within you, and and you know you don't deliberately try to do something, or you don't set out to do stuff that is going to contravene those values, you know, because they are who you are. But once we're stressed and we go into survival mode, and we're just thinking about things in black and white, and it's just need to get through this. Do our values stay with us, or do we put them on hold? It's down to circumstances. Now, I think there are different situations in which, um, you know, obviously stress does have a big impact on on everything and how you do things and makes you do things in a slightly different way but at the end of it you know your your values are, are who you are so i think you you battle to kind of st- to, to protect those so again we're going back if we're doing if we're being storytellers and uh filmmakers it's show rather than tell so what would people see you doing for them to say oh that's a recovering misanthrope who's aiming towards happiness. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether people would uh, would recognise that. Imaginary um, people. No, imaginary people that I don't inter- interact with at all. But uh, I'm not sure that people would, would recognise that in me now. I mean, the question is, is that what would you need to do so they would recognise it in you? And therein lies some of the problem. I don't, I don't know. And uh, and actually, you know, the internal monologue and the story that you tell yourself and the, the fact that, you know, you are trying to make yourself happier, does it matter that 
I know you're talking about action and what other people need to see, but does it actually matter what other people see? Because it's, you know, it's about us, isn't it? It's about, no. you know, we're the ones trying to kind of change our happiness levels. It's the difference between I'm reading a book to make myself happy or I'm going to read a book and do the exercises to try it out to make myself. Okay. So it's, that's the difference. So it's, You're back it's not, into the doing stuff. That, yeah. You know, so it's what will you, what will you do? To make it, and the answer is, what do you do to make it stick? And the answer is, you do stuff. And that it's a very, it's a long episode just to say that, but that's essentially what we're talking about. It's how we do, how we define so the ourselves. The takeaway from today, how we define ourselves is just get on with you it. Have, get, <laughs> do stuff. Pull yourself together, man. Well, no, it's not pull yourself together. It's 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 like I know the top five scientifically proven exercises that will develop your abs. Okay, and I know those because I've looked at research on them. I've looked at papers, and I know the top five. But there's a big difference between reading that article and and expecting to come out like you know with washboard abs just after a couple of reads. And and I would argue it's the same with happiness. Reading a book on happiness and then actually doing something as an experiment to try out, they are two different things. I agree with you. However, I knew there was that. I think if you're if you're a personality type that struggles with the concept of happiness and being happy over a long period of time and knowing acceptance I can do and that's where I've got to but and equilibrium you know I'm struggling with but you know equilibrium a skeptic's guide is not going to get many listeners although not that we do but (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but, you know don't oh, listen no, to I... this podcast. A skeptic's guide would be probably more. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's that you know you you have a personality type. How are you changing that personality type? Act, you have to act, do some actions and and do some digging and and look further into it. But you know, is is making this stuff stick? Again, you, you're right. It it does take work and input and doing certain things. And I think there are certain things that I need to do more of rather than just trying to drag myself through every day. But I some days the story is grim. Yeah, and okay. it's not a fairy tale. Well, I, well, in other words, we just just don't bother then. <laughs> No, no, I, I think I don't think this is a bad place to end, and I think we we're going to have too much stuff if we carry on because yeah, I don't but, actually know where we're going. Well, the upshot is, you said I'm a personality type, so in a story that would be a character type, but all characters change. Uh, the hero's quest, the idea they face up to something, they overcome it, they take wise counsel, and then there is a re- resolution. It's the idea in a story, like you think about Scrooge. The story of Scrooge, we still use the phrase to Very say, topical. We, we still use the phrase to say, oh, you're a Scrooge. Yet Scrooge was a reformed character, and we don't remember the reformed character. We hold on to the original Scrooge, which is a fundamental mistake. So it's mm. the same thing. Do you hold on to the misanthrope? Or do you refine it? So Scrooge was still Scrooge, he's just a different version. So the idea of character type, of personality type, means a fixed character who never changes. So it's looking for, it's it's managing to retain the integrity of who we are, which is where the values come in, but trying different things. That is very profound. I can't think of a better way to finish this episode than that, actually, because that, that is... That is so deep. It doesn't stop you trying, though, as it always has it's to have the last word. Deep and crisp and even. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you will stay with us on the quest to oh. happiness. 
and you know tell a friend get them to join in and uh, you know like us on facebook follow us on twitter even come to instagram if you like because we're really working hard on instagram at the minute yes i've noticed and failing no well no no see that's the the thing it's better to just try it out and maybe not absolutely hit the mark every time than to do nothing at all so there's your there's your answer how do you become happier how do you make it stick you approach it like Instagram, you suspend your disbelief, and you just do it anyway. Another brilliant ending. Go on, say something else. <laughs> I'm leaving it there. I can say no more. That was and is Happiness, a Skeptic's Guide, with Paul Flower and me, Gary Wood. If you liked our podcast, do show and tell others so they can live happily ever after too. And if you've really enjoyed it, you can support the show at buymeacoffee.com forward slash skepticsguide.